Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Prepped. My name is Naka, and our guest today is quite the guru when it comes to med school applications and the path towards becoming a doctor. And he actually has a history that's tied to test takers. But before we bring him on to the show, we would love it if you would take a second to subscribe to Hashtag Prepped on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And while you're there, please feel free to leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. And with that, let's get into today's interview. From Test Takers, this is the Hashtag Prep Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn more about standardized testing and college admissions so that you can help your students navigate this important time with accurate and insightful information. Hosted by Test Takers Director of Development, Andrew Nadiakara, and Director of Personnel, Jeremy Freed. So prepare to learn the secrets that will help your students gain clarity, reduce stress, and work smarter, not harder. This is the Hashtag Prep Podcast. This week on Hashtag Prepped, I'm joined by Dr. Sahil Mehta to discuss what every high school student should know about the journey to having a career in the medical field. Especially with the pandemic, we're seeing more and more high school students wanting to dedicate their lives to medicine, but it's always important to understand exactly what you're getting yourself into. I'm truly excited for our guest to join us because he is the expert on getting into medical schools and mastering the application process. He is the founder of Med School Coach, and he also has a history with test takers, but I'll let him talk about that himself. Sahil, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule as the founder of Med School Coach, as a clinical professor at Harvard Medical, and as an interventional radiologist to chat with us today about the pre-med process, the MCAT, and the path towards becoming a doctor. Yeah, Naka, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Uh, always great to be back and hanging out with the test takers family, um, which you know you, you briefly mentioned there. I was a my first job ever was at test takers. I was one of the exam proctors in eleventh grade in high school. I sat outside and and watched the others uh, proctor. I took test takers myself. Then I became a teacher. Then I became a teacher trainer, and all <laughs> I sort of went up the whole uh, the whole uh, ranks there at test takers. And it's it's always fun to. Uh, talk to anybody in the family because it is it is a great family, the test takers family. No, well, it's great to have you back, especially since your test takers experience kind of blossomed into this whole med school coach, into your own tutoring realm in your own speciality of medicine. Yeah, it, I mean, it was def- it definitely planted the early seed, uh, particularly as it related to teaching and particularly as it relates to mentoring students. Um, you know, all through college, I was a test takers teacher, did the SAT uh, on the weekends, took the train out to Long Island uh, from Columbia and, you know, was teaching three or four classes a weekend. And uh, that's really where I first fell in love uh, with the teaching aspects. And that's what eventually started me to uh, found med school coach. And, you know, for the last 10, 15 years now at med school coach, we've been doing uh, really great things in terms of trying to get students into and through medical school. Um, no matter where they are, if they're a high school student or if they're in medical school and just need to pass their last board exams, we sort of help on that entire spectrum of the journey. Yeah. So, Saho, we've done this conversation. We've had these presentations before. We've done a few of them. So to kind of frame today's conversation, since this is kind of a broad topic, the whole process of becoming a doctor, I kind of want to start off just by talking about the pre-med process and just becoming a doctor in general. And then we'll probably end today's conversation with just like what high school students can do specifically or just keep in mind as they start applying to these undergrad programs. So to kind of kick it off, uh, Saho, what is pre-med? 
<laughs> yeah. So what is pre-med? Uh, pre-med is a crazy kid who wants to be a doctor, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, so no. So, I mean, pre-med, the, the, in the United States, you know, the, the pathway to medical school is obviously high school, then an undergraduate degree, then your medical school, and then residency and fellowship after that. Um, and the pre-med component is pretty much anybody who's in high school or in college before they enter medical school, right? Pre-med. Um, and that pre-med process, you know, it spans, uh, I say as long, young as high school, because I truly believe that if you're a pre-med and you want to become a doctor, you know, some of the decisions and the things that you do within high school um, are super important. Not always, right? I mean, you could still you still become a doctor in a number of ways, but positioning yourself, going to the right college, um, scoring well on standardized tests or anything else that you have to do is pretty important even in 11th, 12th grade for those who eventually want to become physicians. Um, so being a pre-med, right, that's, that's your undergraduate years, maybe your high school years um, before you enter medical school. And then even post-undergrad, there's a lot of pre-meds out there before they enter medical school, right? So there's these things called gap years, uh, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, at some point. But gap years are basically super popular where students are no longer just going through four years of undergrad and then starting medical school. They're actually going through four years of undergrad and then one or two years of a gap year, whether that's a master's program or a research year or clinical experience year to kind of boost their application for medical school because it's so competitive. Yeah, I've had a few friends who've gone through the whole uh, med school application process who've done the gap year and just to kind of give themselves that little bit of an edge to make them stand out. They've done like the master's in biology just to kind of spice up their resume. But, you know, in this discussion that you're saying that it can start as early as high school, how long is the whole process to become a doctor? And like, what are the exact steps more or less? Yeah. So, so uh, let me go with the minimum because there's, there's, a, there's <laughs> yeah. a large maximum. So the minimum amount of time, right? You graduate high school, you start undergrad. Um, the reality is all undergrad is really three to four years. Let's take four years as for the vast majority of students. And then if you're if you're a stellar enough student, if you've done well enough, if your extracurriculars are good enough, maybe you can get in and start medical school right away, which is always going to be four years. So we're up to eight years uh, post high school. Uh, but then, you know, the only person who thinks you're a doctor the minute you graduate medical school is your mom. Nobody else really <laughs> thinks you're a doctor because you you might have some letters at the end of your name. But the reality is you don't know anything and you have to go through internship, which is always a year. And then you have to go through a residency program, depending on what specialty you want to do. Right. So if you want to be an orthopedic surgeon, that's another seven years after that, six to seven years. If you want to be a internal medicine doc, that's another three years. And so the minimum that you're looking at is really, you know, eight plus three. So a minimum of 12 years, but then up to 20 plus years in reality, if you think about it, because let's say, let's say you want to be an orthopedic surgeon, right? Or let's say you want to be a plastic surgeon or a neurosurgeon or interventional radiologist, right? Those are very specialized um, fields and the training component of those alone is seven years. Um, and so post-medical school, you're talking about seven years. And so remember, we said eight years minimum from undergrad and medical school. But a lot of people, as you just mentioned, are taking gap years or need to take gap years. So they may take one, two, three gap years. And so now you're talking about four years of undergrad, three years of gap years, right? So you're up to seven plus four years of medical school. Now we're like basically getting into an SAT question, right? It's like, how many things can you add up? But it, it can go anywhere. I mean, you can go up to 20 years, you know, post high school before you're actually a practicing um, physician at the end of the day. 
So in considering that how much time is going into this and that time is money, how much does it cost to become a doctor these days? So so cost, as we all know, sort of secondary education in the United States is, is crazy expensive, right? In, in a lot, lot of ways. Um, you know, there's definitely ways to get around a lot of these numbers that I'm about to throw out there, whether you train at public institutions, whether you uh, commit to giving back some time at community health, or maybe even through the army or something along those lines. But, you know, you're talking about a, a a tuition in medical school of 60 to 70 grand a quarter, right? Or, or at least a semester. So a lot of medical students are graduating with significant debt. I mean, you're talking about 150 to $300,000 of debt, um, including some of the undergrad you know, debt that people have. Um, so it's a big number, right? It's a, it's a costly number. Um, but again, there's plenty of ways to get around that. There's a lot of scholarships. There's a lot of ability to bring that down. And then, you know, the other thing I think that's important to realize is that um, while physicians make nowhere near the money that maybe they made 10, 20 years ago because of a lot of the changes within healthcare, um, you will never, ever be a physician who, you know, is is too worried about your, your income at the end of the day. It's like, you know, it's still... It's still a great profession. It's something that people can pay back their loans with. It's something that um, can make an impact in society. And so, you know, you don't do this for the money, uh, but at the same time, you shouldn't do it because you feel like it's too expensive because there are ways to get around that. That's tremendously important because the financial aspect of it does limit some people, at least in terms of their ambition, and, and that shouldn't be a good enough reason there. Um, so since everybody kind of wants to become a doctor for the most part, it's easy enough to say that, uh, let's talk about the actual numbers and statistics behind it, because since med school coach does help a lot of students get through the application process, how many students actually do get into college, into med school after they take like their MCAT and go through the process? Yeah. So there's, there's a variety of places where people fall off, right? So we talked about pre-med. That's the kid who says, Hey, I want to be a doctor. How many of those actually end up being a doctor? Probably you're talking about one out of 10 of those people, right? So the amount of people who enter college and say, well, I'm a pre-med is, is a lot, right? If you go around a college campus, um, you're probably going to look around and see a bunch of people who say they're pre-med and they'll go through their first quarter and their first semester of classes. Maybe they'll go through their second semester. And then a lot of times they get to like organic chemistry, right? The big weed out class in, in college. And so a lot of people fall off then. Uh, and then they look and take, see if they want to take the MCAT and they realize, wow, this is a long journey. I don't really want to study for the MCAT. My buddy who just graduated, you know, went into consulting and he's making six figures or this other guy went into finance or <laughs> computer science. I should go do that. And so you get a lot of people who drop out, you know, along those lines. So by the time you actually get to, um, you know, finishing the MCAT and applying to medical school, I would say out of those 10 people who said that they're pre-med and went into freshman year being pre-med, probably only four or five of them even get to the point where they've taken the MCAT and are ready to apply. Um, and then, unfortunately, even if you've gotten through all of that, it's still a super competitive process um, where only 40% of students who apply will get in in any given year. So, so you're really, you know, of those, if you think about those numbers of the 10 people who came in and said they're pre-med, really only probably one or two of them actually end up in medical school and through, um, which is part of the reason why I say it's so important to actually plan early and, and be a, you know, be proactively planning, taking the right classes, going to the right college, et cetera. You know, the things that students oftentimes um, 
don't think about when they're when they're young and you know rightfully so but if you're a parent out there who's sort of thinking through hey I want my child to be a doctor um, there are a lot of important steps and there are a lot of things that you can do early on to sort of promote that um, so that they can eventually get to their ultimate goal yeah, absolutely. As we said a lot on the podcast, just to ease a lot of the stress that comes along with any college application or just uh, anything like that is just having a good plan ahead of time. Uh, so let's kind of pivot a little bit and let's talk about for the students in high school, for those ones that are considering the medical field, let's start off with the most obvious question. How important are standardized test scores? So standardized test scores in the grand scheme of things of applying to medical school um, probably not all that important because in the sense of like, you know, let's say you're a junior in college or a senior in college applying to med school, nobody cares what your SAT score was, right? We have a new standardized test score <laughs> called the MCAT at that point that that's the only thing anybody cares about. So uh, if you get to that point, great, your SAT is not going to matter. The reason that standardized tests probably do matter in a sense is that, you know, they set you up for choosing the best college for yourself at the end of the day. And keep in mind, I just said best college for yourself. I didn't say best college. I didn't say top ranked college, right? It's like the, the we know that standardized test scores open up doors that maybe otherwise wouldn't be and allow you to, you know, um, be able to choose the best school for yourself, right? And, and for a student who's looking to go to medicine, that might not be MIT, that might not be Harvard, that might be something else that is, you know, a tier below or two tiers below because they're going to do really well in undergrad there as opposed to really stretching themselves. So when it comes to, you know, your high school standardized test scores, um, no medical school is going to care what those are. Um, the, the caveat to that is if you're applying to one of these direct BSMD or direct medical programs. Um, those are programs, for those who aren't familiar, where you actually are guaranteed a spot in medical school from high school. So they're direct programs in the sense that you will apply to a college and medical school essentially combined, um, and then they will hold a seat for you four years from then to start at their medical school. There's a lot of these programs. There's probably 50 or so around the country, um, and they're super, super competitive. So these are programs like um, the RPI Albany program, the Union Albany program, Northwestern HPME, Brown um, Brown PMLE. Like there's a lot of these different programs across the country. Um, I've actually consolidated a little bit in recent years, but there's still a bunch that exists, and there's a lot of really talented high school students who say, yeah, I want to be a doctor. This is all I want to do. And they'll apply to these programs. In those cases, well, the medical school and the undergrad has nothing else to go off of except for your SAT or your ACT score. And so that ends up being super important for those students. So the big difference between a direct uh, med program and the regular pre-med schedule is that you have the guaranteed med school acceptance, and then you don't have to take the MCAT as well. That's kind of like the big thing. Do you, and you get to finish a little bit earlier, correct? So not always. Um, some of those things can be true, and some of those <laughs> things are, are not necessarily true. So um, for instance, not all the schools waive the MCAT. So a lot of them do require you to take the MCAT, but they require you to attain some minimum score on the MCAT. So it's not like you have to you know, um, pressure yourself as much as maybe otherwise. Um, in terms of finishing sooner, that's also not necessarily true. In fact, a lot of those programs um, are, are now eight years, and some of them are even nine years, because they actually encourage people in between to do something, whether it's go get an MBA at their school or something else along those lines. And so 
Um, in that sense, it's not always quicker on these direct BSMD programs. Um, and then finally, I, I think the thing that really separates it is that you can kind of assure yourself that a spot is being held open for you, which is the important thing, right? Um, and so hopefully as an undergrad, you get to do different things. You get to you know explore different um, clubs and ideas and the things that you want to do without the pressure of thinking, okay, I need... 500 clinical hours, I need 600 shattering hours, I need four leadership experiences, and I need to score 520 on the MCAT, and I need to maintain a 4.0. You know, that's a lot of stress for a student, right? And so for the exceptional student um, that that wants the, that is 100% assured of their pathway that they want to go to medicine, the direct BSMD programs or BAMD programs really alleviate some of that stress. Interesting. Now, for students applying to any of the pre-med programs or any of those BSMD programs, are there any specific classes that colleges are looking for or any specific? Well, now they're gone, but there used to be SAT2s, those subject tests, uh, maybe some APs? Yeah, so so that's exactly right, right? So back in the day, back in the day, a couple of years ago, when, when SAT2 uh, subject tests uh, were, were around, colleges um, were really these direct colleges were really looking for science heavy, right? So you're looking for the math uh, 2C at that point, the the um, the chemistry class, uh, sorry, chem SAT2. Those are the kinds of things that these schools were looking for. Now, you know, with the SAT2s sort of phasing out, um, schools are still looking for those students to really be challenging themselves. And obviously every school and every, uh, every high school has a different challenging curriculum, right? The some may offer AP Bio, some may offer AP Chem, and some may offer Calc, right? It's it's kind of a little bit dependent on the high school. Um, that said, you want to, if you're interested in these programs, you want to be at the most rigorous level in your high school, right? So if AP Chem is the most rigorous course, and AP Chem is, you know, sort of considered one of those, um, I would say, star courses that you probably should be taking if you're thinking about these BSMD programs, then, you know, you should be taking AP Chem. Um, that doesn't mean if you take AP Bio and took regular Chem for whatever reason, you're not going to be eligible. Um, but you really want to kind of, you know, push yourself and take the hardest courses and be at the top of your game if you're interested in applying these direct programs. All right. And then, you know, finally, one of the big questions that students ask me, especially given the pandemic and the limitations some students have had on volunteering and research, how important is like volunteering and research or leadership roles during high school as you apply to these uh, undergrad programs? So listen, I mean, any any undergrad period end of the day, including the direct BSMD programs and direct BAMD programs are going to want to see you as a tremendous applicant, right? And they're going to want to see that number one, I mean, think about it as a, if I'm sitting on admissions committee, I'm looking at a 16 or 17 year old who tells me they want to be a doctor. How do I believe them in any way? <laughs> right? I mean, at 16 or 17, I, I would have said I wanted to be a thousand other things other than what I am today. Right. And so we got to be, we, you have to prove to them that this is what you want to do. Right. You have to prove that, Hey, I really want to be a doctor. And how do you prove that? Well, you show them the experiences that you've had, right? Maybe it's the volunteering at the hospital. Maybe it's the uh, shadowing of uh, physician X or physician Y. Maybe it's a summer trip. But you got to kind of, you know, show them that, hey, I really know uh, this is what I want to do, and I'm not just signing up for this because my dad's a doctor or my mom's a doctor or I saw Grey's Anatomy and I thought it was really fun, right? So you got to really show that interest, and that's where the extracurriculars really come in for these direct programs. And then, of course, you know 
you just think about the the spectrum of students that these schools have to choose from. Well, they have everybody's got great grades, everybody's got great standardized test scores. Positioning yourself and getting yourself above with with really good things like um, uh, leadership is is just going to make a huge impact. So, you know, to kind of wrap up today's conversation, Sahil, I want to end this episode with what we call those hashtag prep pro tips. But we've done a few of these discussions that I think I feel comfortable enough sharing a pro tip and maybe you could elaborate on it. So based on our conversations in the past, I think the hashtag prep pro tip would be make sure that you want to become a doctor. I I mean, I I think that that's a definitive, right, Uh, which is that it is a long process. Um, it's an arduous process. It's an expensive process. Um, and it's one that's going to test your limits, right? And so making sure this is what you want to do is super important. The war- the last thing that you want to do is get through this whole process 17 years later and be like, I hate my job. I can't do this. <laughs> you know, that, that, would be, that would be a travesty. So yeah, you definitely want to make sure that you want to be a doctor. All right. Any closing notes there, Sahil? I mean, listen, I, there's a lot of scary things here, right? It's like, well, it's super hard to get in. It's, um, you know, you have to have great scores. It's expensive. And all those things are definitively true. That said, I think that, you know, as you guys have been preaching, the early planning and understanding and sort of guidance through the process can help you alleviate so many um pitfalls along the way, right? And can maybe shorten it so that you don't have to take gap years, can can make sure that you go to the right college so that you don't do really poorly in organic chemistry and, you know, can't, can't continue. Um, there's just so many things that you can do along the way in order to best position yourself. And I've seen thousands of students who haven't done any of those things. Um, but you can still get on the right track later, right? If, if it's really what you want to do, there's ways to get back on the, the train or the wagon or whatever you want to call it, um, in order to eventually get into med school. So, um, it is a hard, long process, but for the people who want to do it, it's a very worthwhile process, right? Um, I mean, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything at the end, anything else at the end of the day. And that's what, if, if that's you out there as a high school student, awesome. I mean, you're already listening to this. You're already planning early. You're already sort of thinking about this. Get the help you need to make sure that you're taking the right steps along the way. Absolutely. That was fantastic. All right. So my name is Naka. Sitting across from me, we have Dr. Sahil Mehta of Med School Coach. Uh, Sahil, if they want to reach out to you, how could they get in contact? Yeah, our, our website's uh, the, one of the best places to go, medschoolcoach.com. Um, you can also shoot us an email at any time. The email is info at medschoolcoach.com. We also got a phone number on that website. You can feel free to call us. Anybody uh, is happy to talk to you about sort of the journey that you're looking to take and, and how, to, how to make the most of it. Right. And you guys have a few podcasts of your own if you want to plug those. Yeah, we do. Um, so so we run a few different podcasts. One is called the Perspective Doctor Podcast. Um, it's it's all about sort of becoming a physician. We have extended conversations with doctors in the field, um, talking to people on admissions committees, talking to people um, who are astronauts who are physicians, you know, sort of wow. all over the place. <laughs> um, and then we also have um, our MCAT Basics Podcast which is an awesome podcast um, if you're studying for the MCAT. Um, it really goes in-depth, and, and Sam Smith, who hosts it, does a phenomenal job um, really giving you insights into the MCAT. It's like a great audio learning experience. Um, some of the stuff we do at Med School Coach includes MCAT products, MCAT practice exams, MCAT tutoring, along with the advising that we do um, for students who are looking to get into the school. So uh, those, those two podcasts are awesome. Uh, more information on our website about any and all of those things. 
All right. Thank you, Sal. So once again, my name is Naka. We're joined by Dr. Sahameda, and this has been Hashtag Prepped. Hashtag Prepped.